Welcome to the True Blue Riftcast, the number one Rift Tracks podcast in the world. I am, uh, what's my name? I'm Jeremy. Hi, guys. I'm Jeremy. I'm a super fan of Rift Tracks. And this is totally going off the rails already, but we're going to plow through it. Just like any number of bad I'm so movies. happy. No retakes. Let's go. Keep going. I'm joined, as always, by... I'm Dave Chadwick, a.k.a. Sugar and <laughs> And that was our new theme song, Rock Till You Die, by Songwriter X and the Skeleton Band. You can check out the full version of Rock Till You Die and the Skeleton Band's many other songs over on YouTube. Just do a I search for songwriter. people. Yes, do a search for Songwriter X and the Skeleton Band or click the link that we will have here in the episode description. Thanks again, guys, for letting us use this song. It sounds so good with the podcast. Woo, yay song. How, uh, how was your week, Dave? Oh, man, it was just, it sucked until just right now. <laughs> That was just a highlight of my whole week. No, well, I'm doing I'm doing all right. How was yours? Did you see any Did you see any movies this weekend or this week? We watched some some older movies. We watched uh, the original Dawn of the Dead for 1978, and uh, then we watched uh, the Lost Boys. Oh, did you watch it with the riff from Janet and Cole? No, I watched it vanilla. How lame! I, I'm gonna tell Cole you don't like him. <laughs> Don't do that. He might unfriend me on Facebook. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, one more thanks to throw out there real quick before we move on with things. Margo. Oh, my goodness. This is fantastic. Go ahead and tell her what you got, and then I'll tell her what I tell you, everybody what I got from Margo. <laughs> well, um, back with the other live shows, she sent me a set of the four coasters with all, four of, uh, all three of the live shows and the Rift Tracks logo on them, and they still stink to this day. Um, they still stink. Yeah, there was some printing thing, and they they rot, like, oh. really bad. Uh, and then she sent one of the little squishy spiders with Rift rift tracks on its butt um, from the <laughs> giant spider invasion live show. Yeah. Um, I got a, uh, a squishy uh, spider from giant spider invasion as well. And I also got a cool pin with that paper bag monster on it. Yeah, I saw that. Um, I that, didn't that, get a that. pin. Yeah, but 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 she also sent this very nice note, and um, which I would like to read. She says, "Dave, the spider is courtesy of Jeff from Rift Tracks," and I was like, "I know Jeff. I talk to him on the email sometimes." Hey, thanks, the, Jeff. And the pin is from a bunch that my friend Jenny from Twitter made and gave me to give out in Nashville, but I forgot. Hope to see you in Nashville next year, from Margo. Wow, that's. See, you can tell Margo listens because I'm always saying that I always want to go to Nashville again and that every time I see because going to Nashville ruined it for me to uh to be to watch Rift Tracks live from anywhere but Nashville. Yeah. In the Belcourt. In fact, can you imagine such a thing? Can you imagine being in Nashville but not seeing Rift Tracks live in the Belcourt? You're you just went to some other theater no, in Nashville. That, that would that would that was that, that carried the event. It would be so bad. <laughs> but anyway, Margo, thank you so much. You're an amazing human being. And I really do hope that I get to see you guys at Rift Tracks Live next year for whatever the hell it is that they're going to be doing. So, yeah. Yes. Yes. Thank you very much, Margo. We we love you here at the Riftcast. Um, yeah. Let's get to a little bit of news. 
How about we take a look at some headlines? Headlines. First up, Drip is dead. Drip Long is live dead. Drip. Long live Drip. But now, Rift Tracks has a Patreon. If you go over to uh, patreon.com slash Rift Tracks uh, and sign up by September 30th, you can become a founding Traxian. And you can even get an invite to the Rift Tracks Discord and talk to all the cool people like me and Margo. <laughs> Welcome back to the edit, everybody. Yes. So, anyway, I was saying that the Rift Tracks Discord is probably super awesome and that I'm going to be on it sometime. Yeah, as soon as you get off your butt and click over to the Patreon. Yeah, make, like me and everybody else should right now go to patreon.com backslash Rift Tracks and become a Rift Tracks patron or Traxian. Yes. Uh, I just did the air quote for the benefit of nobody. Tracks. It's uh, uh, $3 a month, and uh, you get all the little fun behind-the-scenes videos and everything that they do, the talk and riff tracks. And they did migrate all of the content from Drip over, so everything is still there, including the amazing Mutiny of Love video that Kevin did. Mm-hmm. It's all there, all the content's there. So even if you weren't a part of Drip, you can sign up for this and get access to all that cool stuff that was there. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of cool stuff that was at that, that was at Drip. So I'm definitely be going because I just I, I got to see the uh, Mutiny of Love video, and a lot of those you know a, a lot of the content that was on Drip was you know a lot of that's a lot of really good Mike Kevin and Bill stuff. Honestly, I got to say. Yeah, I really like all of the uh, the talking riff tracks where they just sit down and talk for a little bit about the movie that they just released. Moviehead Studios is teasing oh, their next release, <laughs> Earth 2075. Hey, hang on, I want to read this tweet <laughs> from from my favorite guy, my favorite guy James Wen. Moviehead Pictures, September 14th. James Wen will direct and produce his next full feature film, Earth 2075, coming soon. Poster and synopsis, and has four likes and one retweet. <laughs> Uh, now, okay, look, I'm not one of those guys that, like, will be like, oh, no, lots of people didn't like it. He only has, like, 60 followers. Like, I don't play that game because I think it's <laughs> because lots of people don't have very many followers. I just, I, 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 I just think it's a cheap way and not a very effective way to kind of, like, take a jab at somebody. If you're going to take a jab at somebody, take a jab at somebody that's a little bit meatier than otherwise, oh, your Twitter sucks, right? <laughs> Yeah, that's such so, a lame diss. Yeah, it's just so baseline. Um, and there's so much more that we can go after James Wen for. Um, <laughs> and we certainly did last week when we uh, discussed his movie, his short film, his uh, that he's going to submit to the Academy Awards, <laughs> Cosmic Beauty, a short his film. Power, his PowerPoint his, slideshow. His, yes, yes, yes. That is just these stretch JPEGs. That he found on like the internet someplace. Um, I you know, I really wish that he wasn't my sworn enemy, so that I could like be friends with him. No, I'm serious. I wish all that stuff, but for like all that stuff with storybook, I really wish that hadn't gone down for no other reason other than that it sucked. But if for no other reason that I just wanted to be this guy's friend, so I could like talk to him. Getting back to this, James Wen will produce his next full feature film, Earth 2075. What could this possibly be? Is I don't know. Let's 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 play a game and try and figure out what the plot of this movie is going to be. Okay. And and 
and we can literally just base this on his other films. So I'm going to say that it's going to be um, the actual continuation after Birdemic 2. Oh, no. Uh, where the birds did end up taking over and uh, they they have to flee Earth. The humans, remaining humans, have to flee Earth from the terror of the birds oh, and the nature boys. turning on them. And, like at the uh, end of The Birds? Yeah. So they're you know, they're they're on their ship that is uh, equipped with uh, solar panels. Solar panels. And what that's how they, they leave Earth? That's how they get their energy from the sun. <laughs> and <laughs> with the rocket ship leaves. <laughs> oh no, it's the sun. Yeah. So that's uh that's that's as much as I got for that. <laughs> Oh, oh my gosh, I'm so happy. Um, no, but um, now, uh, not to be rude, but I think you're wrong. You don't say. <laughs> I think that uh, the Birdemic franchise is going to continue because we have to have Birdemic 3, The Starry Night by Vincent Van Gogh. Sea, uh, sea Eagle? Sea Eagle. By just Vincent. Sea, sea Gull. Sea Gull. Sea eagle, sea <gasps> Moving uh, on now to the weekend box office. Uh, oh, but, it, but I didn't say what I was gonna. I didn't I, say what I thought uh, it was gonna be. Oh, I forgot. Anyway, moving on to the weekend box office. Uh, it chapter two is still the number one movie in the country, with uh, just over forty million, forty point seven million. Uh, followed by Hustlers, Angel Has Fallen, Good Boys, and The Lion King taking up that fifth spot. And if you scroll all the way down... No, seriously? It's still in theaters? You'll find that Avengers is gone. Oh, really? Yes. Endgame is finally off the list. Well, I mean, it had to happen eventually. Yeah. I mean, it went from making, like, what, two weeks ago, made $100,000, then went down to 12000 last week. And now it's uh, dead. Yep, what gone. a terrible movie it must have been if it just like went from $100,000 to nothing in two weeks. Everyone must have hated that movie. That's a crazy drop-off, man. Yeah, yeah it uh, is. When you can sit, you know. 20 weeks it was in theaters. I mean, it might still be playing in a handful and just not enough to, you know, so like, to actually yeah. report on. Not enough to uh, take the, the final spot on the list away from Free Trip to Egypt, which made just made $2,000. It's an independent Free trip to Egypt. Yeah. What? I don't know. It's on here. That's the last movie. There's apparently 46 movies in theaters right now. <laughs> Welcome back from the edit, folks. <laughs> We're going to move on now to our short reviews of Rift Track Short. Yes! Today, we've got a very special look at uh, some of the greatest shorts to ever grace RiftTracks.com. I am talking about the saga of Norman Krasner. Yay, Norman! Woo! Norman, this this is uh the NCU, shall we call it the Norman Cinematic Universe? <laughs> the Norman Cinematic Universe. <laughs> so I I'm going through these in the perceived order uh, that they that they take place in. Um, I'm not sure what the actual order in, but this is the best I could piece it together. Um, we're starting, of course, with Norman's first appearance. Uh, Norman Krasner. This was released November sixth, twenty thirteen. 
Uh, Norman Krasner, for those who don't know, is a guy who is constantly getting crapped on by life. And as seen in Norman Krasner, the first appearance of Norman, he can't even escape it while he's crapping. While he's taking a crap in a pay toilet. This was not our first experience to Norman, but sure wasn't. this is, you know, story order and all that fun stuff. In this misadventure, Norman goes to use the pay toilets at work because nothing says employee morale like making them pay to use the crapper. Wait, he was in, he was he was at work in that? Uh yes. And they make they, they and they have pay toilets at his work? I thought it was at an airport. No, this was this was at work. Wow, I must have missed that somehow. First of all, he doesn't have any change on him. So he borrows some from a guy who just came out and hasn't washed his hands yet. Then the stall he's in doesn't have any toilet paper. He tries reaching under the stall to grab some from the other stall. And the guy in there does, well, let's just say it's something that I'm not going to spoil for you. Uh, (laughs) The rest of his visit to the toilet is just downhill from there culminating in Norman getting trapped in the stall with no one around to help him get out. Presumably this happened on a Friday just as everyone was leaving work, meaning that he was left there for the whole weekend. And he starved to death at the end. Yes. He had to wipe his butt with a page from his art book. <sighs> if you if you had if you had to 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 wipe with a page from a book uh, that's full of classic art pieces what piece would you choose? Oh, geez. Being an art major myself, I know it's surprising, right? Yeah, go figure. Probably something from, I don't know, I think Picasso's really, really overrated. So I knew you were going to say that. I, <laughs> I knew you were going to say Picasso. You knew I was going to say Picasso. <laughs> I don't know why. I just, I had a feeling you were going to say something from Picasso. Like, like, like Picasso, I mean, like he did so much. I mean, he's not going to miss it. I mean, the dude, the dude painted literally every day of his life. And so it's like, look, it's like like one Picasso. It's not going to be like the missing piece of the Holy Cross, okay? <laughs> you can miss it. It's going to be fine. I mean, Picasso didn't even remember how, all the stuff that he did. So there you go. Up next, we have Norman Checks In, uh, released also November 6th, 2013. This uh, was shown... Before Rift Tracks Live Birdemic, uh, and that's the version of the riff that I watched for this. Uh, mm-hmm. This one is about Norman being off on a business trip and his dreadful evening at the hotel. The best and worst part of this short is the whole sequence of Norman trying to take a shower. <laughs> his whole evening is wrecked, yes, but the bit in the shower is quite special. One thing that I noticed when I watched this the operator calls his room to relay a message from his wife, Mildred. But in the first one, Norman Krasner, uh, his wife's name was Irma. Well. Kind of uh, makes me wonder about what happened with this first marriage. Did she have enough of being married to the guy who is both a schlemiel and a schlemazel? Or did she die in some sort of terrible accident? I don't think it was an accident. I think Norman probably murdered her. He probably caught her with, uh, with a couple uh, other characters. How he caught her with uh, um, Lemon Mel. Yeah. Sorry, Book Reverence. <laughs> yep, that's right. Ding, ding. Anyway. Our next short uh, is Welcome Back, Norman, um, also released to the site November 6, 2013. 
Uh, this was actually our first glimpse into the world of Norman. The riff of Welcome Back, Norman, premiered with Riff Tracks Live, Manos, The Hands Manos, of Fate. The Hands of Fate. And that's the version, of course, that I watch for this, because I will always choose the live show version over a studio version. That's, poor a, Norman, that's a good policy. Yeah, poor Norman is returning from a business trip, presumably the one from Norman Checks In, and everything seems to be going okay until he gets to his car in the parking lot. He can't get into his car because people are parked too close. He leaves his briefcase on the roof of his car. He burns his crotch while lighting a cigarette, and a few other little fun things happen. I also figured out that Norman lives in Michigan. How do you figure? From the airport. Oh, okay. Uh, but I'm glad I watched these again for however many times I watched it, because I'm still pulling all these little fun, fascinating tidbits uh, out of these shorts about Norman. Uh, this short was also a part of Night of the Shorts, San Francisco Sketch Fest 2013. Ooh. And our final Norman short, uh, Norman Gives a Speech, released April 18th, 2014. The fourth and final chapter in the Norman Quadrilogy is about Norman and his attempt at giving an important speech. His boss tells him that he won't be there in the morning for the important presentation, so Norman has to give the presentation himself and write a 10-minute speech to summarize said presentation. While he's working late, the cleaning lady comes in accidentally vacuuming up some of the slides for his presentation. His speech, of course, ends up in the toilet. Someone spills hot coffee on his head, and he somehow ends up on crutches. Like, we don't really know exactly how that happened. He just is all of a sudden on crutches. We still don't get to hear Norman speak. Because just as he's about to talk, you know, the microphone cuts out and then uh, they evacuate the place because of uh, fire and sprinkler systems going off and everything's getting wet. And that's the end. We kind of got these four that are that that are the rip tracks riffs. I want to know, is there more? Are there more Norman Krasner shorts that we don't know about? I am not sure. I would presume that there are um, because they're. There's a pretty big gap between, between yeah. uh, Norman Krasner and any of the other ones because it's yeah. black and white and mm -hmm. it's obviously so much older. Um, now, as far as I know, they were used as like uh, like filler shorts for like Showtime or whatever, something like that. I think in Canada, mm -hmm. or yeah, you know, something like that. That's it's kind of a mishmash of of information out there, but that's the best I could piece together is that they were used in between movies on one of the, like the pay movie channels mm -hmm. back in the day. Um, so I would imagine there's probably more of these. I've tried scouring the internet and I have not found anything other than what we know about these four. Yeah. Cause it's but, like, I think there's more and I think that Rift tracks could probably do more of them if they existed. If they exist and Rift tracks can get a hold of them, I'm sure they would do them. I mean, Norman is is a staple in the Rift Tracks catalog. Like, the shorts are, that's one of the grouping of shorts that, like, it's very essential. Like, There was a uh, behind-the-scenes video where they were doing a, um, it was on YouTube a number of years ago, where they were doing a uh, rehearsal for, for something, and they are just going through a script reading. And there was a Norman joke, and there was Sean and Connor. And Bill stopped the tape, and he's like, guys, because the guy that's on the other side of the Skype call, uh, yeah. Sean and Connor. And they're like, yeah, they'll be like, 
you think maybe we've run the course with Norman, right? And they had posted this on Twitter or on YouTube or something. And I remember I sent a message to Sean and I said, I don't care what anybody says, as many Norman jokes as you could possibly do. They're awesome. <laughs> because... Yeah, I love I love Norman. I, of course, rate these five uh, out of five. If, if you've never seen them, I would say to, to watch them in the order that they were released. Yeah, uh, I would which do is too. Welcome back, Norman. Norman checks in, Norman Krasner, and Norman gives a speech. But yeah, these are definitely must-havers. Like, yeah. you, have to, you have to have these. Should we uh, give them a link to Norman's Finest Hour? Uh, yeah, if you want to. If you, if you want to go to SugarRayDodge.com, like, right now, it's, I think it's like the third link on the actual website. Um, Norman's Finest Hour. It's in. It's part of the Great American Storybook Volume Storybook Volume Four. And it actually closes out this whole era of, of storybook because we're gonna. I'm gonna be revamping the whole uh, the whole concept. But I thought it was a good one to kind of go out on. So yeah, it, I basically took Norman and I took some of the characters from Norman Mixman with other characters from Rift Tracks, and uh, just kind of like made my own Norman kind of kind of story if you go to it i think you'd really like what i think you'd really like what happens it's, it's, it's really dark it's one of the, it's actually what probably the darkest storybook chapter i've ever done like like a lot of the stuff that's uh not only like some of the stuff that happens but some of the stuff that's said in that it's like oh my gosh i can't believe i wrote that <laughs> yeah so if you have a hankering for some dark humor go check out uh norman's finest hour over at sugaraydodge.com uh, I'll put a link to it in the uh, episode description as well. Let's go on now from the shorts to the not-so-shorts, and let's take a brief look at this week's new Rift Tracks VOD, Subspecies for The Awakening. Yeah. Like just when you thought that uh, Rift Tracks had done enough vampire stuff, you know, from Twilight six years ago. Can you, can you believe that? It's been It's been six years since... The last Twilight riff. Has like, it really been that long since the yeah, last yes, one? Yes, yes, 2013, bro. Wow, that's craziness. That's yeah, that's that's a long time. But um, anyway, for us old people over here, the ancients of the ancients, the ancients of the ancients. That's right. We, we finally get a new um, sort of vampire flick. Not sort of like like this is a full fledged vampire flick. I really can't remember what the last one was that wasn't Twilight. I know people are probably out there yelling, well, what about this? And I'm just forgetting what it is. If there is something between Twilight and this, like it's it's slipping my mind right now. Sorry. But uh, now, Jeremy, you've heard of this, right? You've heard of like you, you had heard of this before because you well, said that you've been looking forward to it. I yes, the the subspecies um, series. I've watched the first two quite a while ago um you know for for a long time there i watched a lot of movies that were put out by full moon uh-huh. and uh these were were some of them and they're you know it's right up my alley that's it's kind of one of the things that uh you know kind of shaped my taste in movies ah so it was that bad yeah <laughs> i mean they're they're not great i mean they're they're a lot of fun to watch mm-hmm. but you know those the full moon movies have never been you know straight masterpieces or anything like that Mm -hmm. but yeah so this was one of those movies that we found like a year ago 
in the Meg catalog. Yeah, Multicom Entertainment Group. Yeah, and uh, it said in there that it was going to be coming to Rift Tracks, and we obviously had no idea when because we really don't have that kind of insider knowledge. Yeah, everyone thinks, much. let me go ahead and dispel that right now. They don't tell us a damn thing. <laughs> They, they don't, no, look, that's not a rip on them. I'm not expecting them to or, 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 or anything like that. But like sometimes I'll get emails saying, hey, you should tell Rift Tracks. It's like I have anything to do with it. Right. We you are know? not Rift Tracks employees. We do not work for them. We are just fans. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, you should tell your friends at Rift Tracks. Oh, well, yeah, they're my friends, but that's like as far as it goes. You know, it's like. <laughs> Their acquaintances. Yeah, it's like it's 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 not I mean I would I would love to maybe someday work for Rip Tracks. <laughs> yeah, subtle enough. Anyway, but <laughs> as far as that goes, guys, we know as much as you do about about this stuff. Yeah. Um that being said, <laughs> the the fact that they're doing the fourth movie in the series uh, it's going to be kind of confusing to some. Yeah, it, it definitely. Well, I mean, it's not the first time they've done something like this. I mean, you look at something like uh, Retro Puppet Master, which, you know, arguably that could stand on it. Well, yeah, because that's kind of a, a prequel to the rest of it. So. And also it has Greg Sestero in it, so it's like... Hey, come on, how are you going to pass that up? Yeah, but um, I started watching it, and I immediately felt like I had been missing like a whole lot of information. And then there's this this woman who sounds like the girlfriend on Ghost House, only like <laughs> only like about ten times thicker. And she's a doctor. Be like, oh, and she finds this woman in a body bag that just freaks the f out whenever like somebody opens up the body bag and like something like. Eh, eh. She'd be like, be careful, I'm a doctor. Here, let me get you to a hospital. You're a doctor. <laughs> like, uh, like uh, you must be some kind of garbage doctor. Be like, here, I'm a doctor. I'm going to get you to a better doctor. And this other doctor figures out that she's a vampire. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, yeah, he promises that he's going to cure her of her vampirism. And uh, and then the, the other vampire, the vampire who's like the main antagonist of the series, who's so forgettable as a as a credible vampire. I've already forgotten what his name is. Uh, like um, Radu or Radu or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, something stupid like that. Uh, I know that his head ends up on a pike at the end, but... Um, <laughs> Spoilers! Spoilies alert, man. Yeah, for a movie that's, you know... Is, is that a thing with is 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 that a thing with rift tracks? Do we have to put spoiler alerts in front of stuff for rift tracks? I don't think so because yeah. if this is a twenty one year old movie, I mean, yeah. You know, uh, granted, not very many people are going to have seen it, <laughs> you know. But still, it's yeah. Uh, I don't like, really think like, it's anything that. Yeah, I don't think people watch rift tracks for that that kind of thing you know yeah. like spoiler alert it's kind of like i think like maybe the biggest spoiler you could do in rift tracks is say that zindi dies at the end of zindi the swamp boy snape kills dumbledore this is my nose <laughs> um <laughs> no, I, I, I here here's my stance on on this then then we can move on uh i think that unless there's something that is absolutely insane at the end or it's just it's so good like uh like the end of rock and roll nightmare 
that one I can't spoil what? for people because you gotta just you gotta you gotta be there and take it all in as a surprise when you actually see what's going on because it is so amazingly ridiculous. <laughs> like that I don't I don't wanna tell them what I mean I can say, yeah, he ends up fighting this demon thing or whatever, but Yeah. But you know, with something like this where it's yeah, they it's the final movie of this series of, of four films and they finally kill the guy and you can burn his head in the sunlight. You know, yeah, psh, whatever. Anyway, but Radu is basically if Tommy Wiseau had a baby with a vampire lady and in like a hundred years this guy was born and traveled back in time to be the vampire of all this other stuff. That's basically what this vampire is. It's a time tra- it's a time traveling Tommy Wiseau baby vampire. That's basic. <laughs> uh, because it it's so crazy. It's yeah. That's really all I have to say about subspecies four. <laughs> Go get it at riftrax.com. Yeah, it's it's a good riff to uh get you in the mood for the holiday season of uh, Halloween that's coming up. Oh, and uh, the reason that this wasn't released in October, like we thought that we thought it was weird. It took us a few minutes to realize that it was released on Friday the 13th. Yeah. So, you know, you got to have some sort of a horror film. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's talk about a real horror film now. We're going to go to the winner of our listener poll. Your three choices last week were The Last Slumber Party, The Room, and Crater Lake Monster. And, of course... To no two one's horror, actual two surprise. Four movies out of those two, and you guys chose the room. Well, I mean, this one does have the sex scenes in it, uh, which are pretty horrific. They're not, you know, they're not pleasant. Uh, no, no, not at all. <laughs> Actually, the vote turned out to be it was a lot closer and weirder than we thought it was going to be. Honestly, I mean, uh, the last slumber and crater like actually gave the room a run for its money. Yeah, they were they were pretty close. I was not expecting them to uh, to be only a few votes apart. I really thought the room was gonna do what Super Mario Brothers did and completely run away with That's the a, vote. Yeah, just just blow those other two away. And those two yet again are are repeat losers. Uh, I think Last Slumber's been on there for a good long while now. <laughs> yeah. So if we do not get a new release next week. Uh, we will be talking about The Last Slumber Party and Crater Lake Monster. Yeah, let's do that. Just uh, It's about just time to have a refresh of the poll. And if we do get a new release, then we'll we'll pick one of the two for next week, and then we'll do the, the next the other one the following week after. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just just to do a refresh. But let's let's focus on the subject at hand. The room. The masterpiece <laughs> by Tommy Wiseau, starring Tommy Wiseau. And Greg Sestero, and a bunch of other people that nobody really cares about. I care. Oh. No, I kid. I kid. We we care about everybody in this. Like you know, he realized he couldn't make any money doing that, so he went out and became an. And the room was one of his very first, very first gigs. And it's uh, the thing is, is that he's actually outstanding in the room. Yeah, he's probably the best um, actor. As far as like for his role in that movie, like yeah, I mean it's, it's the best performance out of anybody in in the room. I gotta say, concerning the room and that guy and that scene on the room DVD, there's actually an outtake where they do that scene, but it's not on the roof. It's actually in the alley. In the alley, you know, yeah, fake alley, yeah. And that is 
That's the version that should have gone in the movie. I remember reading about that in the in the disaster the, artist. Disaster artist, yeah. They they mentioned that in there. Like, um, but uh, dude, I just I I really love and appreciate the room on so many levels. Um, now the uh, riff tracks, and we'll and we'll get back to the room in in just a second. But it, it, did you did you know that's been ten years since riff tracks originally first did the room? It was yep. released in two, 2009. It's 2009 a as a Just the Jokes release mm-hmm. um, with uh, Disembodio's Bachelor Party. Yeah, but Disembodio's Bachelor Party. A it lot is, of robotic screaming. Yeah. It was, this was before the days of Gorilla Grams, and this was actually, I think, probably the first movie the Riff Tracks had ever done that had a ton of nudity in it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. And it's just like they didn't really know how to how to deal with it, so they invent so they brought in uh, Connor Lestoka's character Disembodio, and during all those really uncomfortable scenes uh, in the room, for those those of you who don't know, the room is a 2002 film, cold film by Tommy Wiseau that's famous for not being very good and having a lot of unnecessary sex scenes where he basically is where him and Greg Cicero both make love to uh, this woman's navel. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, uh, yeah, anytime they had one of the, the sex scenes, uh, it basically involved a lot of um, screaming and terror from uh, Disembodio. Yeah, it's like, oh, no, my eyes, ah. It's very 2009 riff tracks. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's very, very good. But um, we were actually discussing this in the podcast last week, is that I guess that that version is not even available anymore because right. yeah um, when they did the uh, live show of the room in 2015 uh, they then used that script to do a new version of the just the jokes riff and now the old version is gone I mean it still exists for people who purchased it before yeah they removed it for purchase but you cannot go and buy it. No, yeah, you can't buy it anymore. It's weird because, you know, that version is actually pretty good. It um, is. But um, I guess they felt that they had... Now, the now the Roof Tracks live version does carry a lot of the original script in it. Yes. Um, but it does not have all of the robotic screaming, which makes it a little bit more watchable. Yeah. Um, they replaced it with a uh, this concept called Hip Dick. <laughs> Uh, which made me super uncomfortable watching it with certain people in the theater. Well, when I, when I went to go see it, it was, uh, I was with my, my friend, Eric, the guy who did the NCU thing and, uh, Uh his mom, his mom went, Oh, Oh no. But she, you know, she, she's used to that, that kind of thing, but it was a little awkward. Not, not hip dicks. I mean, just, (laughs) Terrible, terrible movies and, and okay. stuff like that. She likes that stuff, too. Yeah, I wondered what they were going to do with with all that. It'd be like, well, I mean, it's it's a rated R movie, and I know obviously this one's going to be a little bit different because they can't gorilla-gram 30% of the movie out. <laughs> and you can't cut it out because, like it or not, it's integral to the whole experience yeah, it, it, of it watching The Room. Of watching The Room, right. It, 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 it absolutely is. You know uh, what? You know what? I'm going to real real quick. We actually got a couple messages from people on this. And I'm going to I'm going to play them right now in the podcast. 
These are a couple uh, Rift Tracks fans. And this first one is very um, relevant to the discussion at hand. And this is from Laura. And this is her, her favorite part of the room. I look forward to all these sexy, sexy sex scenes. What? What? <laughs> so Wait. thanks for that, Laura. Wait a minute. Was that is that somebody we know? Yes. That's one of our friends. Yes. And we also got a message from none other than Margs herself. Twitter oh. mom Margo sent us a message also. Uh-oh. About her room experience. Oh, hi, Jeremy. Oh, hi, Dave. Back when Rift Tracks was doing The Room, we had never heard of that movie before. Um, but our younger son had. So Andrew made us watch the unriffed version of it the night before the live show. So lucky us, we got to watch The Room twice in 24 hours. And we haven't recovered from it yet. So oh, there wow. you go. Yes. Poor Margo. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Can I say a funny story about, and this does involve rip tracks, about, um, about, about my experience with Tommy Wiseau? Yes, please do. Okay. Back in 2015, it was like right in the middle of when I was doing uh, Storybook 1, and I was just like, you know, just like just like in the zone, just like doing riff tracks and MST through K art every single day. I get an email from uh, Jeff at Riff Tracks, and he says, uh, "Hey, uh, would you like to interview Tommy Wiseau?" And I stopped everything that I was doing, and I was like, "Absolutely, ten thousand percent, yes." Right? It's like, okay, I'm gonna have Tommy call you, and so I'm getting myself psyched up because I'm gonna talk to Tommy Wiseau, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and um, I'm watching the room, and I'm just preparing. I have the Riff Tracks on, and I back then I played the Riff Tracks on my uh, on my computer. Yeah. And I get a Facebook message. And it's, oh, hey, I see you're doing something about Manos, the Hands of Fate, blah, blah, blah. And I'll be like, you know, I was in that movie, right? Wait a minute, what? And I'm like, wait a minute, hang on. You were in Manos, the Hands of Fate? It's like, yeah, I was Debbie, the little girl in Manos, the Hands of Fate. And I was like, oh, oh stop ever. Yeah. yeah. It was the first time, it was like, it was, it was like my, fr it was my first interaction with our good friend Jackie. Nice. And uh, it was just like, blah. But then I realized, Tommy Wiseau's calling me in half an hour, <laughs> and I'm and I'm chatting with the little girl from Manos. So like it was just like I had to blow her off so I could talk to Tommy Wiseau. I'm like, sorry, Debbie from Manos, the hands of fate. I have to go now. Tommy Wiseau is about to call me on my phone. Okay, so I'll talk to you later. <laughs> what is my life? You know. <laughs> but um, so Tommy calls me. Yeah, it's, it's a, it was a very surreal experience, I gotta say. Um, it was, and like earlier that day, like I kind of got a, a little bit nervous, so I actually emailed Greg Sestero. Yeah, yeah that's a, that's a thing because back then I talk. I mean, like I don't really talk to him very much now. I haven't talked to him in years, but back then I used to talk to him, and he actually would take the time to talk to me. It was crazy, and I was like, hey man, um, I'm about to do this interview with Tommy, and you know, people say a lot of stuff about him, like he's this crazy psycho. So, like, what advice can you give me about talking to Tommy? And Greg wrote me back, and he says, hey, man, look, Tommy's a great guy. He'll answer any question you put at him. I'll just, like, ju just don't ask him where he's from. If you don't ask him where he's from, he's going to be 10,000% cool with you, right? 
So uh, I'm like, all right, cool, fair enough. The conversation started off with Tommy. You know, he was very just like he was he was very guarded. You know, he'd be like, okay, and okay, uh, next question. You know, like that kind of thing. Like he was just trying to power through it. So like I actually wanted to ask him questions. Like I didn't want this to be like the standard. Like oh, I got you. Look how weird Tommy Wiseau is. I'm gonna try to get him to admit that he's stupid and all this. Uh, but I actually started asking him questions about like the process of me and like kind of like took him at like face value and just kind of like, okay, let's, let's talk about this room. And he actually started opening up to me in this very, you know, he became, he became much more friendly and he became much more like, I think that, you know, because he actually said to be like, no, I like this. You know, you're actually analyzing the movie. This is great. I like this. So, um, I don't know. I think he's, I think Tommy Wiseau is a misunderstood guy on a lot of levels. Does he do some crazy stuff? Yeah. But I think that like, if people just kind of like took a step back, like, Oh, this guy is weird. And just maybe try to like, understand what the dude was trying to do. Like yeah. maybe not so much what the end, I mean, we, we, we all love what the end product is, but just kind of like, you know, look at Tommy Wiseau just a little bit differently. And I think that, you know, you know, uh, you'll see like that more genuine side of, you know, the more genuine creative side of Tommy Wiseau. I mean, that was, that, that was my experience with the man. That was ultimately a really cool experience for me. And uh, I want to thank Rift Tracks again. You know, even here we are four and a half years later, it's still highlight of my life in a really long time. And they set it up. So again, thanks guys. And uh, thanks Tommy for talking to me. I, you know, hopefully we can do it again, maybe someday. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, maybe we could get him to come on the podcast. Oh, maybe. maybe. <clears throat> um, you know, I after I read, well, listened to The Disaster Artist, which, by the way, Greg Sestero does an awesome job narrating that book and reading it and doing uh, Tommy. He does a great Tommy. <laughs> um, so if you get the chance, um, listen to it. It's It's really good if you don't feel like reading it, you know. Uh, but after I after I got through that whole thing, my first takeaway, honestly, was, man, I really want to hang out with Tommy. I'd love to get to know him a little bit mm-hmm. because it does seem like, you know, like you said, he's just a little misunderstood and and, you know, he's got good intentions with everything. And he just he seems like like he'd be a cool guy to get to know. I mean, did he make a, a good movie? No. Is it a is it a fun movie to watch? Yeah, hell yeah. Yes. Hell I yeah. Love and, this movie. I mean, it's a great experience. I mean, you know, is it the okay? Look, do you think the the room is the worst movie ever made? Not not even close. No, I think that that needs to stop. The stuff that we've seen, either either through Rift Tracks or just independently, stuff that we've found you and I and watched, mm-hmm. that stuff is miles worse than the room. Go out there and find a movie on Amazon. It's actually uh, it's actually pretty well known in in bad movie circles. I actually resent <laughs> that this movie exists. Do you know what movie I'm, I'm I'm going at here? I'm pretty sure I do. Okay, it's a movie called The Amazing Book. <laughs> oh, I rented this thing and I was so mad that I did. I watched it for free on Amazon Prime and I'm mad that I did. That movie is worse than The Room. Okay. That movie um, 
that movie is worse than Roller Gator. Yeah, I'd I venture to say that movie is worse than Birdemic. I'm biased. I can't really. I mean, from someone well, who hasn't been personally attacked by the director of the movie, yeah, I would say that it's worse than Birdemic. Yeah, I would probably say it, it's 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 worse than Birdemic as well. Just all things considered. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, what else is worse is 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 worse than the room? Like, like from Rick. I mean, Roller Gator is worse than the room, but in a good way. Um, I think uh, we all know my feelings about Roller Gator. Yeah. Well, which is worse, do you think? Uh, Birdemic or The Room? Birdemic. Birdemic, I, yeah. I think so as well. That's that's not even, there's no hesitation there. Uh, what else is worse than The Room? Um, haunted Ween. Haunted Ween, yeah, Haunted Ween is definitely worse than... They're dead! Uh, <laughs> sure, here's the secret handshake. Google it. What a coinky dink. Oh, jeez, I want to stab that guy in the <laughs> neck with my pen. <laughs> I think that, like, the sign of, like, a, of a truly bad movie is something that makes me angry that I saw it. And The Room <laughs> just doesn't do that. Like Oblivion. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. But, I mean, the riffs were excellent. I'm just mad yeah. that, that, that that garbage exists. But uh, The Room, uh, it's it's a story about Johnny his best friend Mark and his uh, girlfriend Lisa. And it mostly takes place inside their apartment. It's either in their apartment or like on the roof or in the alley. That's like your three main locations. And, you know, Johnny, Johnny has a, a good job. of He's a banker. He's a banker. He gets passed over for promotion. Him and everybody else. Yeah. Uh, Lisa decides that she doesn't want to be with Johnny anymore. So she starts hooking up with Mark. Uh, then she starts lying that Johnny is abusive and all this stuff. And it all culminates in Johnny taking his own life. After feeling his birthday betrayed party, yeah. by everyone, he takes his own life. And that's the quick, short version of the room. There's a whole lot more stuff that goes on. There's some really weird stuff that goes on. The whole subplot with Denny and Chris are the drug dealer. Um, there's the whole For uh, one me, scene, yeah. Me underwears guy. There's, uh, you know, just there's playing football in the tuxes. There's just a lot of weirdness about this movie, but it comes through very much that this was a 100% passion project by Tommy. Right. Like Man. he put his everything into this movie. But yeah, it's it's something. If you haven't seen the room yet, you know, obviously I would recommend watching it rift, but I would almost recommend watching it unrift. Oh, I wouldn't. <laughs> almost. I said almost, Dave. Yeah. I didn't say I would. I just not for your first experience. Maybe if you go back and watch it again after watching the riff, you know, but the fact that there's been um a book about it and a major motion picture about i mean that goes to show you like just 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 how much this thing is loved yeah and if if you if you haven't even seen that yet i would recommend the disaster artist the movie uh even if you don't like some of the actors in it necessarily. <laughs> um it, they still did a really good job james franco does a great tommy Wiseau. um and like oh yes happy birthday <laughs> yeah and they they actually at the end of it they show a lot of uh scenes side by side from the disaster artist versions and the actual room versions. And they, yeah, they did a great job recreating that. 
Um, and there are some things that are left out from the book. Obviously, you know, it's a, it's a big book and you got to cut things for time. And speaking of cutting things for time, <laughs> I, th- I think we've probably uh, prattled on about the room long enough. Next, uh, next week, like I said, we're not going to uh, continue the current listener poll. We will talk about um, potentially both the last slumber party and creator Lake monster. Barring a new release um, next Friday, we will be talking about the new short that came out this past week. What is a map? Um, because <laughs> I didn't do it this week because I already had the Norman thing planned. Um, so we'll talk about that short next week because it's a new short and it's been a while since we've had one of those. Don't forget to go sign up for uh, the Rift Tracks Patreon. Become a Traxian at patreon.com slash Tracks. Uh, go check out Songwriter X and the Skeleton Band over on YouTube. I'm Jeremy. You can find me at pbandawesome.com. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at pbandawesome. If you want to send me an email, you can reach me at jeremy at trueblueriftcast.com. And you can follow the podcast on Twitter at tbriftcast. And I'm Dave Chadwick, a.k.a. Sugar Ray Dodge. You can check me out on the web at sugarraydodge.com. Send me emails at dave at trueblueriftcast.com. Find me on Facebook, Twitter, at Sugar Ray Dodge. That's going to do it for us, guys. We will see you next week on the True Blue Riftcast. If more people would love each other, the world would be a better place. <laughs>